Hello and welcome to a Global Fly Fisher Podcast. Once again, this is Martin Jorgensen, one of the Global Fly Fisher partners. And uh, today's podcast is, as you might be able to hear, recorded on the by the water, um, by the ocean, as it's often the case when I do podcasts because that's where I I fish most. Um, I'm trying to catch a sea trout or rather several sea trout which as some of you might know is a um, sea trout is a sea run brown trout which is in other words exactly the same trout as most people around the world go around chasing but in this case a fish that has migrated into the ocean to eat before it returns to the stream to spawn. So, sea trout it is, and apart from fishing sea trout, I'm probably going to talk about casting, uh, and this time about casting far. Um, and this is caused by several things. I've been fishing right now in very shallow water at very short distances and actually as I said caught a couple of fish uh, really really close to the to the shore and um, also um, last weekend I attended the Danish championships in casting which is both distance and precision uh, and that made me think about casting distances on top of that, the gang that I fish with um, and I met up last Tuesday where we usually get together for a cup of coffee and a chat and maybe watch a DVD or tie some flies or whatever. And uh, this last Tuesday we went down on the soccer field um, next to the local school and did some casting. And we actually rolled out a measure and tried to measure how far we, we actually could cast. And I'll return to that uh, later in this podcast and talk about distances and uh, what you can do to get a better distance on your cast and whether it's necessary at all to be able to cast far. Um, but before going on with that, I'm actually going to change my line on the rod that I, I have with me. I, I did bring an extra reel uh, with, a, with a shooting head, which is one of the ways that, that we usually um, try to optimize our casting distance. And also casting a shooting head in, uh, in the wind is usually a bit more efficient than casting the, the, the a weight forward line, which is what I have on my, um, on my rod right now. And since I've been fishing quite close to the beach, that hasn't been a problem, but um, I suspect that there might be fish further out. So um, I think I'm going to, uh, to change to uh, a distance, distance casting setup, which will give me a, a bit more distance and uh, enable me to cover a bit more water without the really, um, really straining myself. So uh, I'll pick out that extra reel. Actually, it's it's pretty easy to uh, to change um, uh, the line on on your rod if you if you bring a whole reel. Of course, I know 
the uh, luxury of owning many reels is uh, is one that I enjoy but uh, some people might only have one reel you can buy a spare spool where you can you can just uh, have the, a separate spool a loose spool will usually cost you about half of what your reel cost but um, I actually per prefer having uh, having a reel uh, with uh, with the whole setup um, where I can just change the reel and, and leave it at that. So um, that's what I what I brought today. The reel that I'm uh, taking off is actually a really really nice reel. Uh, it's a it's a law reel made by British Lawrence Waldron, which I've had for many years and which has served me really really well. It's a it's a pretty nice reel. I can tell you, it's also a pretty expensive reel. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Ex expensive, of course, in comparison to many other reels. But then again, not really expensive when you compare to what you get for your money, which is a piece of really really nice workmanship. Um, and the one that I'm going to put on is a Lamson reel, which is also one of my favorite type of reels. This one is one of the in inexpensive ones. It's called the Radius. Uh, Lamson makes a lot of different models and uh, and this one is really one of the low budget ones. The big advantage about the Lamson reels is that they all have the, the same brake and uh, the brake is, is really good. And another advantage about the Lamson reels is that they actually are really, really long lasting and durable. They're lightweight and and pretty pretty nicely designed, but at the same time they're they're very durable and very uh, very nicely built. Um, I like this brake. It's uh, it's the same construction in almost all their reels, and and also the the basic same construction in the the wa lamps and waterworks uh, ULA reel, which is uh, an extreme lightweight reel, of which I also have the pleasure of having. Uh, a specimen. I love that reel. That's that's a really really nice reel. But um, I didn't bring it today. This is the cheapskate model of the Lamsons. But as I said, it does really work well. I have the line in this case a shooting head set up with uh, with a leader on it. Uh, I just cut off the tippet when I'm done fishing and leave uh, the rest of the leader on the on the reel. That means that it's. Uh, it's pretty wound up now, curled, because of the memory. It's been on the reel for a few days since I went fishing last, and uh, it's pretty spiral curled. So I just stretch it and just pull it, you know, tightly, and um, and then uh, actually just let it run through my fingers and uh, and kind of make sure that it's as straight as I can get it. Oh, we have a seal out here. Nice. Wow. That's pretty neat. It's actually really, really close on the shore, which is a good sign. Most people will consider seals a menace, but uh, actually I think they're really, really... Uh, first of all, this they're a really nice indication of, of good water, because seals prefer good water. Excuse me while I just get some leader in my pocket here next to the microphone and also seals are an indication of fish the seal wouldn't go this close to the shore if there wasn't well they could out of curiosity of course but in most cases they will actually go because they go 
hunting fish. And um, a seal this close to the shore definitely means that there's something in here. Well, that was just a small digression there. It, it disappeared now. Actually, it came up again a bit further ahead. They can, they can really move amazingly fast underwater. It just pops up its head and looks around, just disappears slowly into the water. And when you see it again, it's about 100 yards away from where it was. It's really an amazing little animal. These are small seals, gray seals, most of them. Uh, typically just one at a time, so they're not really uh, a big uh, a big bother when uh, with regards to to fish or anything like that. So it's a, it's a nice thing. I also saw uh, uh, one of these small whales. I just the, the English name just slipped there. Remember, I don't remember the uh, the English name right now. Um, like a small dolphin, which we see quite a lot here. This particular place where I am right now is very, it's a very common, uh, common animal, uh, porpoise, that's the name, the porpoise. It's a very common animal here, and uh, we see quite a lot of them. Um, but unlike the, um, unlike the seals, you only see the, the, the back and the, and the, the dorsal fin of, of the porpoises, and the seals you see the head of course, because they need to go up and breathe uh, through their, their nose and mouth. While the uh, the porpoises, which is which are whales, actually breathe through a breathing hole in the in the forehead, so they just kind of slide up through the water and, and dive down again. And, and and in the same way as the seal, it can really move fast. It can really shoot through the water at an, an amazing speed. But it's nice to see these animals. It's a very good sign of good, clear, clean water and and uh, an abundance of, of food. My dog is barking. We have a lot of cows on this uh, on this field, and I'm uh, I'm on right now. And you might be able to hear him in the background. He's a uh, he's a herding dog, so uh, he he herds uh, these uh, these young cows, which are now gathering down here. Um, I'll probably just have to get him to be quiet. It's not easy. It's really a, a, an instinct. It, it's rooted quite deep in him that he needs to take care of uh, of anything that. So whenever we get to um, anything that moves, whenever we get to uh, you know a, a field with sheep or we have chickens in the garden, we let them out or anything like that. He really, really feels a, a deep urge to to go uh, to go bark at them and and you know gather them and get them into. Uh, into a, a, a flock so uh, well and now they're really curious these young cows and uh, that really bothers him quite a lot that they keep on getting closer and want, want to uh, to look at him and sniff and whatever so um, well I think I'll just see what I can do and get him to to stop because actually it's it's not very good Okay, he's luckily he's pretty, pretty well uh, 
train so I can actually get him to come which is which is good and uh, but the thing is as soon as I get into the water which I will in a moment he will probably be back uh, and barking so okay now he's just sitting down uh, these pr pretty silly cows they they're really curious it's a uh, it's always great fun to, to get out here it's a it's a place that I come fairly often and uh, and um, the cows will always uh, always follow you when you walk along the beach it's not like they're they'll do you any harm or anything but they'll definitely go right behind you and very close and it's both uh, females and males all very young so they're very energetic and very curious and uh, and as I said pretty stupid Okay, let's get back to the uh, subject at hand, casting and casting distance. As I said, I've now changed to a setup which is actually uh, a great help if you want to cast a bit further. It's not like it's, uh, it's a lot, you can actually cast quite far with a, with a weight forward line, but, uh, but uh, you can actually cast as long and maybe a bit longer with the shooting head setup if you, if, if you want to, and it's, um, it's, uh, it's you know, you need less effort to uh, to cast the shooting head. It's like you, you don't need that many blind casts. You don't need that much air. Uh, sorry, uh, line in the air, and uh, uh, in essence, you just need to get the shooting head out and then just make a double hole and then fire off the line. And with a bit of luck, you can actually cover quite a bit of water. This weekend's um, last weekend's competition, uh, the the winning cast um, with the weight forward line which was uh, five weight, uh, weight forward line. The winning cast was about 35 meters and that's probably uh, around 100 or 105 feet or something like that, uh, which is an absolute decent cast with a, with a weight forward line. In most cases that would mean all the line and, 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 uh, and then some, uh, some backing. Uh, uh, but the, the competition was, uh, was uh, done with um, now my, my dog is being followed by, uh, by a cow here, which is really not... And he doesn't know what to do and the cow doesn't know what to do. Ah. Ah. Come here! Come here! He's really out of control now. He's uh, just barking and doing no harm, but uh, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely <laughs> going to have a sore throat this night. Come, sir! Always helps when I growl at him. <coughs> oh, bless. Okay, that's it. Better be here. Well, as I said, the the, the long casts with the with the weight forward line were about uh, no 100 and 105 feet, uh, or about you know 35 meters. While the distance casting, or rather the heavier rod setup that was used, was a uh, was uh, an eight weight with a shooting head and even though the casts were a bit further than uh, than the with the um, with the uh, weight forward setup it was only about five meters or 15 to 20 feet that they gained by sh by changing to a shooting head and, and a heavier rod so you can actually see that uh, 
that uh, the, the shooting head setup doesn't mean that you really increase your distance dramatically. But what you definitely increase is the, en uh, or sorry, decrease is the energy that you need to um, that you need to get it out there. You can actually do manage with fewer blind casts and, and less effort, and, and that's the whole idea about a shooting head. <coughs> okay, the dog again. As long as these cows are here, I'm probably going to have to be over him. But, anyways, we uh, we decided that we wanted to see how far we could cast the guys that I fish with. And we've done that before, so what we did was actually just roll out a measure tape. Um, you know, go 25 meters or you know, some 75 feet uh, out and put down a measure tape and, and just roll it out. And then go back to your starting point and start casting. Make sure that you have the wind in a proper direction if there's any wind and, and well, just start casting. And the result of this um, friendly competition, or whatever you would call it, was that um, the longest cast was about 35 meters using a shooting head setup, uh, and the average cast... <coughs> Come here. Good. Uh, the average cast was probably more like, you know, 25 to 27 meters, or somewhere between 75 and 80 feet. Um, and uh, that's basically a whole weight forward line that you've got out there when you're casting, you know, somewhere between 75 and 80, 90 feet. You're, you, you're in essence, uh, stretching a whole weight forward line. But what I noticed, I was actually the, the you know, the, the guy who was in the field and looking where, where our, our flies were landing, or rather our pieces of yarn. We just had a piece of yarn on the, on the tippet. And what I noticed was that in most cases, even the longest cast, uh, the the front part of the of the line, as well as the uh, as well as the, the the leader and tippet, would just fall down in a huge pile and not land stretched. So basically, the casters would have been able to cover a lot longer distance if they've been able to stretch the leader and the uh, and the, the, the fly line. And uh, what is also uh, noticeable about that situation is actually in a fishing situation, if, you're, if your line lands like that, if your line lands in a pile like that with the fly on top of it, it's actually a, a, a useless cast. Of course, in some cases, you might be able to stretch the leader anyway if you have, a, if you have a running water or you have uh, you know you're able to to pull the, uh, the the line a couple of times and and, and in that way stretch the leader but the, the, the in a fishing situation you definitely want to stretch a leader and uh, well from that I at least have learned I've, I've done that before casting on, on grass and and learned that you know, the longest cast isn't necessarily the best cast. I, I actually prefer shorter casts and, uh, and better presentation, which is much, much more useful in, in uh, fishing situations. Of course, you can make long casts with a, with a leader which is stress, stretched. That's a question of, of, uh, of, uh, of training and, and just, uh, you know, uh, 
casting and casting and casting and learning how to do it. Um, but um, but you can also just decrease your your distance and just leave uh, a bit more line inside. Uh, oh, sorry, a bit more line on your reel, and uh, and make sure that that the fly actually lands in front of the fly line every time you cast. Because definitely these casts are the ones that you need when you're fishing, whether you're fishing a dry fly or a streamer or a wet fly like I am on the coast here. It's it's really uh, uh, important that you. Uh, that you get your your fly out uh, and uh, and stretched because you don't want to scare the fish with splashing fly line, and you don't want to you don't want to get um, get this pile of line, which means that whatever you do with your fly, the first uh, few seconds or even even several seconds, it's actually just going to float around in a big pile with with the leader on top of it or under it or whatever will happen. So, of course. As I think it was Lefty Cray who said that you know it's it's never um, it's never a bad thing to be able to cast far and that's pretty pretty true I can I can't deny that uh, I myself have never really trained casting uh, long distances but 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 of course uh, in in any situation you can you can experience fish which are just a bit too far away for you to reach or in places in a stream where you can actually uh, have a difficulty getting your line out on, in, with a proper presentation. So, of course, it's worth the effort to learn to cast um, a, a, a fair distance. On the other hand, you can also prioritize fishing, which is what I mostly do. I, I really don't feel like going on a, on a lawn uh, casting, and I, I'm much more a, a fishing guy than I'm a casting guy. Uh, but I know people who really enjoy going to uh, to so-called shootouts and and you know competing in friendly in in, in a friendly manner uh, against each other and see who can do the the most beautiful and and, and longest casts. Uh, I owe the, uh, the the competition casting competition uh, uh, saying that it actually also. Um, Contains a, a, a great deal of uh, precision casting, which uh, <laughs> one of these uh, one of these uh, young cows is just bucking along here. It's a small bull I can see, and it's really just uh, acting up and jumping and, and uh, you know kicking out. And the dog is going really berserk now. <laughs> it's pretty. It's a pretty curious bull, I can tell you. It's it's not a big one though. It's probably. Uh, no older than a year or one and a half years or something, but it's uh, really bucking along here, and the dog is going really mad. Come here! Ah, come here! Well, you know, he's actually able to. This is a small dog, as uh, some of you might know. It's a Shetland Sheepdog, which is a small dog, uh, about like a, a 20 pound dog or something like that. But uh, he's definitely able to, uh, to put these big, uh, big cows in place uh, by just running around barking and and jumping and acting up. So it's quite amazing. As soon as he learns that he's actually able to control them, he does. Uh, come here. Come here. Okay. He's really not. He, he prefers actually barking at the cows and not sitting next to me, but that's how it goes. Okay, back to the casting thing. Um, well, the precision part is actually quite entertaining. Actually, in many cases, more entertaining than the distance one because it's uh, it's really easy to to, to follow and it, it's really uh, very um, with a lot of variation and and, um, and 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 quite a lot of fun to watch. You have different uh, 
different disciplines that you you need to to finish and and these are of course uh, hitting targets uh, on different distances and and uh, casting around corners and making snake casts and uh, and what have you and all these uh, all these different casts are giving are, are given points depending on how you do them and and that is added to the to the point that you got from the distance uh, uh, competition and uh, actually it's a that part of the casting is, is something that I find a lot more useful than the distance. But uh, well, then again, as I said, you, you can always uh, use some distance. Well, I think I'm going to get into the water now. Uh, the sun is uh, slowly setting. I've got clouds coming in. It's, uh, it's been a pretty warm day today. And, uh, uh, the weather reports have been talking about thunder showers and and uh, and really uh, damp uh, hot weather but right right here it's pretty nice uh, as you can hear the waves are rolling in in the background it's not that dramatical even though it might sound so on the on the recording it's actually uh, it's actually uh, fairly small waves but i'll get into the water and see what i can do and uh, and uh, do a bit of casting and, and continue recording the line as you might be able to hear uh, just getting you know ready to cast and of course the first thing I, that I do is, is just cover the water, water right in front of me um, this is not really uh, a good setup for for short lining uh, uh, it it it's a fairly heavy line uh, as some of you might know a shooting head setup is actually a, a piece of fly line or heavy uh, heavy fly line the, the shooting head the, the shooting part or the forward part of a, of a weight forward line or something made specifically for the purpose and then it's trailed by a thin line which is uh, which is the shooting line uh, these two are separate parts and you actually join them with a knot or a loop or something like that and you'll be able to hear the knot passing through my my guides as I as I pull in the line but because of that fairly heavy forward lump and and the thin uh, back uh, uh, back uh, end of the line. It's actually not a very good setup to do short lining, I mean sh meaning short casts and, and nicely presented uh, casts. It, it's a lot better to, to, just, um, to just shoot out and, and really get some distance covered. Uh, so I prefer for the short fishing, uh, for close distance fishing, I definitely prefer a, um, a weight forward line. But as soon as I fire this off, it really takes no effort to stretch a whole line and I just with one single back cast probably just covered about 20 meters or some 60-65 feet or something like that and the fly landed in front of the of the fly line which is uh, which is very important and in this way I can actually uh, I can actually with with very little effort I can cover some water so what I do now is, is in, in, uh, in uh, 
opposite what I did before when I was fishing really short. Uh, I was really watching the water and, and trying to see whether I could see fish close by uh, and cast into anything that I saw. Now I'm actually just casting out there. Of course I'm, oh, that was a fish there. Nice, 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 nice. All right, that was right where my cast landed. Now I'm actually walking out. Let's see if we can get that. That would be really nice. That was a good fish, just where my fly landed. It definitely reacted to the fly. It could be that I spooked it, but it could also be that it just saw the fly and turned. That was a good sign. That can get your heart pounding. Wow, that was a pretty good fish. I, d I didn't see the fish itself. In most cases, you actually just see the, 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 the swirl or the, the wave that it leaves when it turns. I probably spooked it. Unfortunately, I was concentrated on watching the dock, so I only saw the wave. I didn't see where the fly landed or saw whether I, I cast over the fish or, or actually um, did, um, did uh, get it to go after the fly. So, oh, yeah, that was a good... Oh, my God, that was a good take there. All right. What it can be, this one didn't stick, which is really rare with, with sea trout, but what it can be is actually could be garfish. The garfish is still, we're in, the, in late May here, and the garfish are still pretty numerous uh, in, uh, in the water. The, the garfish is a very slender um, fish with a long beak that comes into these uh, parts of the, of the world in millions, literally, when, when you get into the month of May. And uh, they they bite willingly on a, on a fly, uh, and it could be garfish fish that I that I actually spooked and and, and that, that tried to take the fly. Right now, because they rarely stick because they have really really tough beaks, tough mouths. But um, I saw fish and I, I felt something. So let's see whether we can we can get something or not. Well, right in front of me, that's garfish. Yeah. What I see now is actually a boil of fish, and these fish are just. These fish are mating. They're just a, a big, you know, three, four feet wide boil of fish that are just mingling and turning around um, and, uh, and and mating and laying their eggs and fertilizing them here in the in the shallow water. And the the, the eggs will hatch and and the, the larva will grow up in the in the shallow parts of, of of the ocean, right where I'm standing, actually on about a, a couple of feet of water. So I probably didn't have a sea trout but a garfish uh, and it was also a garfish strike that I had like right before. that I'm any any kind of um, expert on casting but but I definitely know one thing if you want to reach uh, you know a bit further than you usually do the last thing that you want to put into it is, is really a lot of power you want to make a, a you know calm and nice and controlled uh, double haul and you just want to keep your, your your rhythm and your pace and just you know really a nice 
nice cast with a nice loop and then just let go because that's usually the best cast you, that you can do and usually that will give you a lot more distance than these really you know hysterical power casts that you sometimes do and I know what happens when I see a fish that is a bit further out than I, I'm fishing right now I get that really really desperate feeling of, of, of needing to be able to cast just you know 10 feet more than I than I've been been casting all day and in my in my reaction in my my in my effort I just ruin everything so I just try to tell myself to calm down and take it easy and, and not really really bother if you want to increase your your distance um, and really get some line out uh, and really learn how to cast far well the best thing they can do is actually practice which is not a big surprise um, and uh, I would personally say that the best place you can practice is actually on the water uh, with the odd chance of catching a fish it's always more fun to, to, to practice on the water but it is a good idea to do some lawn casting once in a while and just uh, and just you know, put yourself on a on a on a some grass field somewhere, uh, football field, soccer field, uh, uh, nearby park or whatever. Position yourself uh, regarding uh, the wind in a in a good position and and just trying to to cast nicely. Do it with some friends, some fishing friends. Have somebody take pictures or or, or video of you and and get. Um, and get some uh, some some uh, footage of, of yourself casting, and try to get people to look at your casts and and analyze them, and tell you what might be uh, what might be wrong if, if something's wrong, and, and what you can do to uh, to uh, to do uh, uh, to do better uh, for distance. Try uh, different oops. Try different lines on different rods because sometimes you might have a rod setup uh, and a line setup which is not really suitable for distance casting. So bring a pile of rods if you can and as many lines as you have and, and just try different things and different combinations because in, in some cases it's actually uh, it's a it's easier to to cast um, far with with a certain combination than with other combinations um, also uh, uh, as, as I've heard it and, and seen it uh, a good uh, a key to uh, to good distance is actually uh, uh, being able to keep a lot of line in the air and that means in many cases the people that I see that cast really far actually keep an eye on their back cast to make sure that it, it turns properly and they get a nice loop in the back cast and that it stretches before they make the forward cast and um, and that's also quite important if you want to cover some distance you don't want to hurry your cast you want to take it easy you want to get a, a good long line out before you, you let go because the the more line and the more speed, uh, the, the longer the cast. So uh, if you can control a lot, of, a lot of line in the air with, with a certain amount of speed, you can actually uh, put a lot of energy into the, into the, into the cast and, and in that way cover quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of water and, 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 and get the fly out there. At the same time, you actually need to make sure that your fly lands in front of your, your line and leader and in order to get that to happen, you sometimes just need to break uh, 
break the line uh, while it's it's flying and uh, definitely distance casting is usually a far cry from from presentation casting if you want to present a fly probably you probably uh, uh, in a nice way you probably want to uh, to decrease your distance and, and just try to concentrate on on the presentation part but as i said in in, in the parts of the world where i fish uh, it's usually not a big problem you can actually uh, you can actually cast quite ugly casts and still manage to get a, a fish in particularly in, in on the distance if whoops that wasn't a fish that was a big pile of seaweed that made me wake up good strike there and I got a lot of weight but unfortunately no uh, no movement okay well um, as I said cast on the lawn could could help you have friends help you you could also uh, choose to have somebody instruct you and pay um, you know a shop or some casting instructor uh, to, to teach you um, how to cast ask around and, and and see whether other people have whoa that was a good fish there that's a sea trout yeah right oh that's a nice fish oh it's jumping nice fish here oh again out of the water great it's not big but it's pretty oh and running here that was pretty close I'm I'm actually I'm, I'm still on my shooting head which is about you know I'm 10 feet long maximum now it just went into the then uh, into the the backing heroes rather the shooting line uh, and I'm getting it under control here um, it's a pretty nice fish it's not big but as you can uh, as you can guess it was pretty close since I was oh there it went I lost it I think my hook is uh, hit the, the beach in the back cast right before and I think my hook is pretty uh, pretty dull this was a, a good fish and it, it took pretty close um, about probably eight meters out or some 20 25 feet or something away from the shore I'm standing in knee-deep water maybe uh, uh, you know uh, five five six feet or, or less than a couple of meters from, from the beach uh, and uh, and that was was a close fish that was a fish that I actually one of the ones that I fished for before by casting uh, very short distances uh, and uh, this time it just took I managed not to to spook it by casting over it and actually uh, got it to take while I was pulling the fly through the, the zone where it was and uh, that actually teaches me now that I just need to make a, a, few, a series of, of short casts uh, right in front of me because uh, this was one of the if, if I was a striped bass fisherman I would call this a schoolie this is a this is a size of fish which is often seen in, in small schools there might be uh, 10 or 20 fish out here it might be a loner but uh, it, it might also be a school of fish and and once I've uh, hooked one of these or landed and, and maybe lost it like I just did it's very important that I immediately start casting right where it took because uh, in many cases there's actually a bunch of of guys and girls in the same size there are oh, there, was another one going after it. Was a could be a garfish. It did follow. It did go for the fly, but didn't get it. And as I said, in many cases there will be a, a small school of fish uh, in the same range, size range, right around where the other one took. And in, in most cases they will actually stay there and um, 
and just uh, just uh, you know see what comes by that they can eat. So I'm just going to concentrate on the same spot for uh, a short while here, and I'm trying my best to present a nice fly because I'm actually casting, just barely casting out the, the shooting head. You might be able to hear the nut passing through the uh, the guides, but that's all that I have out. I don't have any of the shooting line out of the of the, the tip top. So okay, as I've uh, now fished off the the immediate you know, nearby water. I'm just going to increase the distance just a bit because this this fish might have followed my fly in from further out. So I'm just going to, you know, cast maybe a, a five meters or 15 feet further ahead and just see whether whether I can I can find fish out there. And once I've I've done that, maybe 10 or 20 casts. I'm well, just increasing the distance and fishing in a in a circle around myself. I'm going to go back to covering uh, uh, more water and just see what happens. But what I definitely don't want to do is just, you know, shoot out a whole bunch of line in the direction that, that the first fish took because it's uh, it's very likely that there are actually more fish close by uh, and then I might spook them because this, this uh, setup that I have right now actually lands pretty clumsily. It, it often splashes quite a lot and that definitely spooks uh, most fish. Fishing along here, actually the wind uh, just died and uh, it's become really calm. Uh, most fly anglers would probably prefer casting in, in with no wind in, in calm weather, but actually uh, there are two factors here that, that make wind a good thing when, when fishing like I do. Uh, from the shoreline in, in the ocean. One thing is that it uh, it actually helps the cast if you have a wind in your back. It, it makes uh, casting these shooting heads a lot easier and makes stretching uh, the leader and getting the fly out a lot easier, which is one advantage. And the other advantage of fish, uh, sorry, of, of wind is actually that the fish will will be in, in water which is a lot more turbulent and, and because of that they will be less spooky and, and, and uh, not scare off that, that easily. Uh, and you, you, it's, it's a lot easier to, to fish blind in, in, in turbulent water. But of course, as the wind comes down, it also enables you, and then and the water surface uh, comes down, it also enables you to be able to see what happens in the water. And, and you might see movement easier than, than, uh, than you would in, in the wind. But, uh, usually uh, casting it in, in absolute still weather is, is a lot easier with the, with the weight forward line than it is with, with one of these shooting heads. I actually mm -hmm. prefer a bit of wind and, and particularly some wind in the back if, uh, if I can get it. But I'm not the master of the winds and right now it's definitely calmed down and it's just getting more and more th smooth.
that actually means now I've, uh, where, when I have no wind, I've actually, uh, I'm casting uh, quite a lot shorter than I did before. And if I look at my, at my shooting line, which is on the water here, I probably lost about so some three to five meters or thereabouts, which is, you know, nine, ten feet up to maybe 15 feet sometimes that I'm, that I'm, I'm losing in my cast uh, because I'm, I'm just doing what I did before. I'm not really straining to, to make a lot of distance here. I'm not really double hauling all I'm, I, I can manage or anything. So, uh, and I can just see that while I was uh, stretching the line just a few minutes ago. Now that there's no wind, I'm actually not stretching anything at all. And in most cases, my fly just just lands right next to where the shooting head ends and makes quite a bit of a splash. So uh, I might I might choose to go back to the uh, to the weight forward line uh, if I'm if I'm going to continue fishing here. But I might also choose to go back to my friends who are just a bit further. Uh, down the beach here because um, I have the sausage and the ham in my back but um, the other guys have the bread and uh, you know if you want a meal these two are very very good combined and uh, eating ham and sausage might be uh, might be pretty nice but I would definitely uh, miss uh, having uh, a piece of bread for that uh, so I might just pack up and and head back and see. I know that they've caught fish too, so uh, I mean uh, it might not be uh, that bad an idea. And I'm I'm almost through this small stretch, which is a, a favorite stretch here. It's a it's a small bay next to one of the the really uh, famous uh, points on on the on the island that I live. The point is actually occupied by by two um, uh, spin fishers. But I really don't bother because uh, most cases I would probably prefer uh, getting on the point. But right here we've actually had some really, really nice fishing right in this small quiet bay that I'm, I, I'm going through now. And uh, uh, many of the times that we've caught fish here it's been quite close to the, to the beach uh, right where I'm, I'm walking and, and fishing right now. But it's been a while since I've seen or felt anything. And the sun is setting, and it's uh, it's just getting calmer and calmer. And, uh, hopefully, this will develop into a, a really nice evening with with uh, movement in the in the surface and fish uh, fish on the hunt. And in that case, I will I will stay here and 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 fish or return to this place and and fish again. Uh, but that will probably be without you. Uh, listening because I'm, uh, I'm I think I'm going to stop this recording now um, having covered the subject of, of casting and, and distance casting not at all in any any depth that that uh, that could be possible but at least just trying to cover some aspects of, of casting uh, a bit further and and why casting a bit further might be a good thing and why it might not be necessary and, and what have you so uh, and as you might have been able to hear the last few minutes, my, my dog has gone down too. He's actually just lying on the beach next to my, my, my back, waiting, to, um, waiting for me to come back to him, which I think I will, will do now. And I will 
say goodbye and thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Global Fly Fisher podcast recorded by Martin Jorgensen from the Danish coast. Hope you enjoyed it. Let's have some feedback. We actually get surprisingly little feedback on these podcasts, so uh, hearing from you would be really nice. Let me know what you think and uh, let me let me hear if you have any suggestions about subjects that I need to, to cover. I know I've been promising right and left that I would talk about leaders and that I would talk about photography and I would talk about this and that, but uh, well, I never get around to it. So um, let me know what you want to hear and let me know what you think about this. And uh, um, as I said, hope you enjoyed it and remember to go fishing whenever you can. That's the reason why we, uh, we call ourselves fishers. Uh, that's because we go fishing. Take care. Bye-bye. was track number four from the album Pretty Girl Blues by Jag from Magnatune.com.